So we're going to talk about the history of the photograph archives a bit. Just to introduce you, this is a really uh, brief sketch. You know, the Montana Historical Society was founded in 1865, uh, famously, but you know they, they didn't have a great like immediate plan as far as what are they going to collect and and uh, to trying to snatch up historical things as history happened. So you know, it's over time they gradually uh, obtained materials and generally through donations. So those started with a lot of uh, pioneer portraits, like. Uh, of individuals, mostly men, who thought either they thought they were important or somebody else did, and they would, so they would uh, donate the a photograph or a portrait, sometimes a, a painting even. So we get a lot of those in the collections early on, and it kind of builds. You get family collections, you get collections related to important events, like in the years after they happen. So by by the 1970s, when it was really the 1950s when the Montana Historical Society kind of became more uh, professionalized as far as collecting and managing the collections. So the photographs would have been kept in the library all, the, all through the years before that. But gradually as the collection became a little bit larger and a little more popular and used more heavily, they, they needed to, uh, to hire somebody to kind of manage it, to kind of handle the, the orders that people wanted uh, copies for books. and publications and other projects. So uh, it was in uh, 1973 when they finally they got some money. It was actually through like bicentennial, 1976 bicentennial era grant funding from I think the federal government but where they were able to to hire somebody to look after the, the uh, photograph collections. So they, they had a task ahead of them. They actually something there was actually about 40,000 photos in that that time period. Maybe that's on the next slide but sorry for the confusion there. So there was about 40,000 photos that had been collected from about 1865 to 1970, early 70s. So suddenly, in the late 70s, the, the Haynes Foundation, which was the, the um, F.J. Haynes and Jack Ellis Haynes um, legacy, essentially, um, had their historical photo collection, which was based out of Bozeman at that time. Uh, they were looking for a home for it, and they decided to donate the photographs and uh, records associated with the photographic business of the Haynes uh, family and, and, and uh, businesses in Yellowstone and elsewhere to the Historical Society. Uh, other records, uh, like family records and family photographs, went to the Montana uh, State University uh, archives. So we kind of split the collection, but we got the photographs. So that was a, uh, virtually almost doubled the, the size of the uh, photograph archives at that time. And they came over a, a series of years. Uh, in the, the early 80s, by the, by the early 80s, pretty much had most things, but that, that collection, the Haynes Foundation Collection, is what it's known as, really kind of put uh, the photograph archives on the map as far as a, uh, have a, a photographer's, a, a large um, historical photographic collection that um, had glass plate negatives, pretty much all formats of, of photography from the late uh, 19th century all the way to the 1960s, actually. So, and also it was ba it was we'll talk about it in just a minute, kind of the contents of it. But it it was a, a windfall for the program. Uh, got some other grant funding to catalog the collections, and it it um, as I said, pretty much put the program on the map. Uh, other collections followed through the years, more significant collections: Huffman, Evelyn Cameron, uh, Warren McGee Railroad Collection. Uh, and the Les Jordan uh, photograph collection. 
I'll talk about each of these and show you some examples from them. Um, but uh, it was really the Haynes collection that kind of started the ball rolling in a big way. Um, if, we did, if we had not gotten that donation, uh, you know, things might have been different. So. And so go to the next. Oh, there's that. Very strange. Okay. So up to today, we have approximately, uh, I believe the number is over a million photos. Uh, we've been doing a, a project to count um, some collections that have not been well counted in the past, or maybe our, our guesses have been very inaccurate, it turns out. So uh, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of that project, and we've already gone over the million mark in, in kind of na nailing down our, um, how much material we have. Uh, so this is, you know, over a million photographs, period. That means negatives, prints, uh, lantern slides, color slides, color film, all, all varieties of photographic material. So it's a very big collection. Uh, it actually makes us uh, one of the, probably uh, one of the three largest in the region, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, University of Washington being a very large one, too. Um, there's probably a three-quarters of the collections are are pretty well cataloged and described so that we can use them for research and get access to them. But there's still, you know, roughly 25% of the material uh, that, that's, that's not very well described. It's unprocessed, we would call it. And it's, it's on the shelf. We do use it um, pretty regularly. We use unprocessed material. It's just harder to get into. Uh, it's harder to find things. And, you know, you're not going to be able to do a quick search and know that something's in there. Um, it's, it's, it takes quite a bit more effort uh, to find things that way, but, but three-quarters of the collection uh, cataloged and, and described at a good level is it's very helpful for us to do research. Um, there's only about 7,400 photos digitized, officially digitized and available on the Montana Memory Project, and that's, that's the place where our uh, materials are accessible in digital form, so I encourage you to go check that out. It just went through a a platform update, so it's kind of a new uh, new interface, and so I'd be interested to hear, you know, what issues you have, or if you have any questions about it, um, and how that goes, because it is a new thing, and we we hopefully will be able to do some uh, kind of improving and and updates to it in the near future. Uh, so there is no really one place you can search for uh, historical photographs from the photo archives. Uh, you, you can find a lot of our collections described on our online catalog, which is, is great. Uh, I'm going to kind of run through these quickly. So the Memory Project is kind of a good place to start, just looking for digitized digital photos. Um, it's easy to search, and you can generally find things pretty quickly. Um, and you can see them, which is great. Um, you know, a lot of people are frustrated with the online catalog. It's kind of, it's, you know, nowadays it's old school, which is kind of strange to, to say that. But it's, you know, it's been the standard of descriptive cataloging for, for decades, you know, to have a catalog and even an online catalog probably for 20 years. Um, but you can't see the photos. So people don't like to, to find you know, a, a collection and then read about it and not see the photos. Everybody always calls or, you know, it's like, I can't see the photos. Where are they? It's like, well, they're not digitized. Sorry. Um, but that's, that's a, still a very good tool for us is to get into the collections. Um, we have finding aids online as well, connected to those, those catalog records. Um, we have uh, an Excel spreadsheet, uh, which is more a recent development, kind of thanks to the pandemic, um, that uh, we, we had a, a staff person create, which describes this, this 
pretty significant collection we call the 900s or it's the MHS legacy collection because this is the this is the material that existed prior to the early 1970s it was kind of the core collection it's about 18 to 20,000 photos and it's kind of the core stuff it's the stuff you see all the time in the magazine and it gets used a, a lot and has been used a lot in the years so we have a much better inventory of that that's uh, you know searchable by keyword in Excel that's where that's at but, uh, it used to be it's a card catalog even just a couple years ago it was just the card catalog in the research center you had to use so. uh, we have some other uh, search uh, tools that we have we can use so you really have to come to the staff once if you kind of work your way through you don't find a photo in MMP you don't find it find it on the online catalog um, you need to you, you know you don't find it in the 900s collection uh, you need to ask the staff and we'll do some searching and and kind of help you go from there so you can ask me later on if you have questions about that. I want to get in, start looking at photos. Oops, let me go back. So these are the, I say major collections. Um, in some ways it's because of size, the size of the collection, it's very, very big. It makes it a major collection. Uh, sometimes it's kind of the significance of it or the popularity of the collection. So a couple of these are smaller, but they're very popular and very good representations of Montana history uh, so that's what qualifies them. There are at least half a dozen or maybe 10 at least other collections that I could include as major collections in, in our uh, material, but uh, maybe they're, they're not as well processed or um, well, frankly, maybe we don't use them that much. Um, one, I, one I think of, which we, we use quite a bit, is the Department of Transportation photograph collection, but it's not, it's not representative of one photographer, which is a little different. Uh, there's a lot of photographers that work for the Department of Transportation, so so it gets it gets treated a little bit differently by us, but you know it's just a it's really just an arbitrary designation here. So the Haynes Foundation collection, um, it's very large. It's forty thousand uh, images. Um, that that includes both prints and the negatives that go with them. And there, so there's about twenty four thousand negatives. Uh, a good good percentage of almost ten thousand that are glass plates. So it's an outstanding nineteenth century early 20th century glass plate collection. Um, we hope to digitize a good bit of that in the, the coming uh, couple years. We'll be focusing on that. It represents the work of F.J. Haynes, who um, was the father of Jack Ellis Haynes, who also took, he kind of took over his father's business. Uh, so both of those photographers are represented along with several photographers who worked for the Haynes throughout the years. So it's primarily F.J. Haynes and, and Jack, but um, there are other photographers represented. So I'm going to try to quickly go through here because I know I'm going to run out of time. Um, so F.J. Haynes, if you don't know, he was the official photographer of the Northern Pacific Railroad by the 1880s uh, and when he really came into Montana uh, and because of that work primarily. And he be very quickly became the, the first official photographer and probably only official photographer of uh, Yellowstone National Park and he was the first concessionaire for the park as well in 1884 so very significant individual and very technically a good photographer and a very good businessman so he had a lot of um, a lot of acumen and uh, used it well he his photographs are are really fantastic to to look at and there's a variety of things I'll just kind of start to go through some of them quickly here and sorry if you, you know, if you like a photo you can come back after afterwards and we, I'll show you it or or we can, uh, but I'm going to have to go fast to, to get through some of this. 
Um, you know, he ph photographed all kinds of railroad-related construction of the railroad, um, things along the railroad. Uh, this is at uh, Clark, Clark Fork uh, River in Montana, the uh, Asian crew working there, uh, probably Chinese. But. And uh, Broadwater Hotel, so facilities along the railroad that were used by, going to be used by tourists are going to be captured by Haynes. Um, of course, you know, he, in the early 1880s, he made it to, they, they, the railroad actually sent him to Yellowstone, his first visit, and he fell in love with it and saw the opportunity to, uh, to take photographs and sell them to tourists and uh, really capitalized on that. But his, his photographs are, are outstanding. These are, you know, taken in the 1880s, some of his first ones. Uh, but he, he was there for many years, and uh, he's, he's actually on the horse there in the front of the column of these troops that were protecting Yellowstone. Um, he, he liked, like many photographers at the time, uh, they, part of their photographic business was to, to sell photographs of you know, the Western way of life, and, and Indians came into that. Um, so he, along with, with many photographers at the time, did uh, Native American portraits, and there's, there's not a lot, but there are definitely some, some good ones in his collection. Uh, variety. He, he photographed a lot of crow, primarily, but there's some other other tribes represented. Um, one of the probably the most famous photos. Okay, we're running out of time. The most famous photos uh, is the photograph of African American soldiers in Yellowstone. This gets ordered all the time, and people are always wanting to, to get a hold of this one. Or there's one other one, but related. Uh, it's a really fascinating photo. Um, there's uh, Mr. Haynes at the end of his career with his, some of his mammoth prints. And we do have mammoth negatives and mammoth prints representing his work. I'm going to cruise along here. Uh, Jack Ellis Haynes took over, and he did do some, some filming. We have on our YouTube channel uh, one of his films of Yellowstone. Um, you can look that up on our YouTube channel. Uh, but he did photography for really a, a critical time in Yellowstone from about the 1910s to the 1960s when... Uh, the park was going through rapid changes and becoming very popular and very, very much used by the people. And the automobile came into the park, of course. So you'll see here he's doing the scenic stuff, but uh, he's also documenting kind of a changing uh, transportation landscape for the park and tourist landscape as well with the hotels and so on. Um, of course, you visited close up with your car in those days. Um, but lots of vehicles and lots of tourists, and they need places to stay, and so they photograph uh, all that, uh, for not only for the park, for business, but for, for tourists to take home souvenirs, of course. Some of the cabins and facilities around Canyon and Canyon Hotel here, now gone, but of course the bears, they're always taking pictures of bears, interacting with the visitors. And the 40s and 50s see lots of more people after World War II, of course. Um, and Jack Ellis Haynes is still photographing and <laughs> guy fishing gets everybody. But okay, so that's, that's the Haynes collection. Let's move on to Huffman. I'm going to try to do as many as I can before I run out of time. But um, Huffman uh, is a very popular kind of Old West, you know, Montana photographer based out of Miles City. And he came about the same time as, as Haynes, um, late 1870s, early 1880s, and uh, took a lot of photographs of the area 
his photographs of, of bison are um, popular and, and pretty unusual and rare, so, so they get a lot of use and are a really great resource to have um, of the kind of the decimation of the, the bison herds. Uh, he caught the tail end of that, of course, and he, he, he was involved with it himself. That was actually him in that first photo, um, hunting the bison. And Miles City uh, was his base, and also uh, Fort Keogh. He was kind of a, in the tradition of Fort Keogh photographers, which uh, there were several of in that time period. And so he's documenting uh, the Native Americans who are around Fort Keogh at that time, still not too long after the Battle of Little Bighorn. And uh, he's also doing uh, portraiture. Uh, so he had, did some really, really nice portraiture Native Americans. And his, he's probably most famous for his documentation of uh, the ranch life in, in, in Miles City at that time. Um, just really outstanding photographs showing day-to-day -day life of uh, cowboys and um, ranching. So eating and cooking. Um, and also sheep, you know, it's not just cows, but um, there's a lot of great photos in Huffman's collection. And we have about 600 of those online on the Montana Memory Project. About the same for Evelyn Cameron, which I'll talk about now. Um, shift to, to her. She's more documenting the homesteading movement, of course, uh, but also in eastern Montana, around Terry and um, parts east uh, along the Yellowstone River. So really excellent at capturing kind of the family life, families, immigrants moving into that, that area and trying to establish life on a pretty harsh uh, environment. Uh, this is a great, great photo uh, showing that. And uh, daily life, uh, you know, they have a little break between, um, between work and the, they're going to have a boxing match. Why not? Um, There's some work sheep shears uh, in between work as well, documenting uh, ranch life, but raising uh, actually harvesting hay, uh, feeding the, the workers. And these are kind of stage photographs, of course, but you know, she, she did a great job of staging for photographs. Uh, getting, you know, the pig has to eat something, otherwise it's not gonna stay still. And the little guy's gonna fall off, but gosh, she got it. Um, just picnics with, uh, you know, uh, social groups and maybe church groups. Uh, this is this is a fantastic photo. Notice the little boys in the background, kind of photo bombing before that was a thing. Um, but you know she took it anyway, and it even tells more of the story uh, than just the straight picture. Uh, she took the scenery of the of Eastern Montana as well. And you know we do have these are these are mostly glass plates that she took. Uh, there are some some nitrate film negatives as well, but uh, some really interesting stuff. Uh, Warren McGee, how am I doing? Two minutes or something? Well, you've got one minute and probably no time for questions. Uh, Warren McGee, I'll go quickly. It's a railroad-based collection. Uh, very large again. It's about 45,000 photos. A um, lot of negatives. It has color as well, which you'll see. Um, that is Warren McGee and that, with that gnarly locomotive behind him. Um, so it shows every aspect of railroading, but he's really interested in the, in the engines, in the locomotives. He was trying to document all like over 2,000 locomotives of the Northern Pacific, which he didn't quite do, but he took a lot of locomotive photos. But they also show kind of the infrastructure of railroading, the landscape, the environment of you know, running a railroad in Montana. Uh, so it's just an outstanding collection for that purpose. Uh, that's west of Bozeman Tunnel. This is Livingston, of course, where 
Warren McGee was based, and he, he worked for the railroad from about 1936, I think, to the 1970s, I believe, um, and had his camera with him most of the time. So he would take photos while he was working, um, and then while he was not working as well. But this is a great shot documenting that run up. Uh, I think it's near Bozeman Pass as well. And you know, showing depots in, in small towns around Montana. This is Red Lodge. And this is outside. We have there's photos all over the West, really, in many places of the West. This is Washington near Spokane. Um, there's a lot of Idaho, and there's even some Texas and other places around, around Montana where, where Warren worked. So represented. There's some photographs of other railroad photographers. This is a Nixon photograph, if you're familiar with Nixon, um, from about 1900. Warren collected historical photos and photographs of other photographers. Uh, this is a great shot again near Bozeman Pass. Um, he, every once in a while he got a really good photo. I mean, take that many photos, he gets some good ones. Uh, but there's a lot that are just locomotives. And you, know, you can see one locomotive and then another and another. And then suddenly, oh, look at that. There's an outstanding landscape shot. This is Helena uh, getting into the kind of the diesel era of locomotives. So it comes all the way up to the, the 1970s. Uh, did some aerial shot of Livingston and the shops there. Uh, some color quickly. So just you know, there's about there's more than 10,000 color slides and uh, color negatives and prints. Probably another um, 10,000 of those. So it's it's a huge collection. Uh, not super well cataloged in the color area, but the black and white is very well cataloged. Thanks to Warren McGee. And this is a shot of Butte. I wanted to kind of end that with and. And then a shot of Warren McGee in his basement, typing away his, his identifications of photos, because uh, he did a great job of documenting dates and places and even people that were on the, on the trains. So, okay, that's, I'll cut it off right there. Uh, I was gonna do George too, but no time. Yeah. Well, people just have to come in and see you. Yep. Okay, okay thanks. thanks. Um, if you have any questions for Jeff, back it down.